well, you don't have to have a massive connected network. You can, you can build one yourself. Uh, and all that it takes is being genuinely interested in who the person is on the other side and what they do and an intent to build a genuine relationship instead of just hoping that they are able to do something for you. Over the course of my life and career, I've discovered the power of consciously investing in mindset and personal development. It has been a true game changer for me in my personal and professional life. And I'm extremely excited that you decided to join us today to take one step forward in your own life. Most of my breakthroughs have come from one-on-one -on -one conversations. We created this show to bring you those unfiltered conversations each and every week. Good morning, good morning. Happy Friday to everybody. <clears throat> Greg Tomchik here, host of the Connected Mindset Live. Really looking forward to diving into this episode. We have Mr. Kyle Thomas with us. Kyle, one of the things that I noticed about your journey is you found problem areas, obstacles that you face personally, and you're going out to the world now and, and solving that for other people, coaching them through those situations that we know we're all going to go through. Um, I think that's definitely something that we connect on. You know, I, the only reason I'm in cybersecurity is because I had a cyber attack. So it's, you know, we find these experiences, we start companies by either going through something or knowing people that have, and I'm sure you've come across both of those parallels. And I think that's what makes, you know, magic happen at the end of the day. Um, so I think it'd be valuable just to start with, you know, Kyle, what mission are you on and what are you hoping each person listening in today walks away with? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, so the mission that I'm on um, kind of at its core is like that so um yeah that's uh that's the Love dream it. that's the mission heck yeah yeah taking uh you know it's a bold mission um you know, i think it's there's a lot of uniqueness in it from the research i've done um that a lot of you know there's recruiters out there there's people that you know coach people through careers and do resumes and things and then there's folks who kind of wrap it all together to to take out a lot of the mindset obstacles the anxiety the the downs, you know, you, you apply to a thousand places and then you're like, what the heck, you know, where am I headed next? Um, what got you to that enlightenment point? And we'll kind of get to your, your background here shortly, but what got you to that enlightenment point where this is needed um, for other people and including yourself? Yeah. So um, like you said, like maybe we'll get into my, my, my full story later, but essentially after I spent seven years at Uber, the entry into that is, is kind of a crazy story, but um, since seven years at Uber was an early employee there and exited, um, in 2020 after a layoff. So the division of the company that I was working for was eliminated. It was sold to a competitor. Um, I was already looking at what potentially was out there, but hadn't really made the jump, kind of had those golden handcuffs 
And what I thought in my head was, okay, well, I have, you know, a bunch of money from the startup equity. I have a great nest egg. I have a much larger network. I have way more experience and skill than I did seven years ago, almost a decade ago when I was trying to get into the company. So clearly the job search is going to be easier. This is going to be like a cakewalk and got into it and it sucked just as much. It was anxiety inducing. It was lonely. I, I didn't really know what to do. And, and the resources Uber provided, thankfully they provided resources, but they were just massive company, utterly unhelpful. Um, and I thought to myself, well, if I'm going through this in, in, in the state that I'm currently in now, then what does it feel like for everybody else? Um, and that was kind of the genesis point, uh, of saying, okay, um, you know, what could I do here in order, in, in order to improve this? And, uh, I wasn't seeing success, right? I wasn't seeing success in that job hunt. And so I said, hold on, it's like timeout. Like I'm not doing what I did to get into Uber in the first place. And so I went back to my journal from that time. I deconstructed the process. I executed again. And in less than 90 days, I landed a job at a Y Combinator startup with a bunch of funding within a hundred thousand dollar raise. And the day that I got that job, a gal who I worked with at Uber called me and she was crying on the phone and she was like, I've applied to 300 jobs. I'm not making any progress. Could you help me? And I was like, this girl's not stupid. She's a super smart individual. She just doesn't understand the process. And, and to be con honest, like nobody does. Most people don't. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's like personal finance. It's not something that's taught in school. And so I thought, okay, there's definitely something here, um, that I need to, to figure out how I can help folks. Yeah. You make a good point that it should be something that's taught in school because after school, they want you to get a job. So it's, it's interesting. And they want you to excel financially. Like that's, you know, the, the economic prosperity, like it's, it's, they teach all these other topics that they try to get you to add up and then, you know, go out and, and kind of go on a whim, which is, which is not right. So I'm sure there's huge opportunity to like create courses around this stuff, which you probably have. Um, so let's take a step back. So, you know, getting out of high school, you know, you went to college, um, you know, what is that, what did that transition look like? And I know there's a lot of things in between that and Uber. So if you can shed a little bit of light on that, I think that's an important phase in your journey. Yeah. So um, coming out of high school into college, so I haven't really told this part of the, my story before, but coming out of college, high school into college, I had like a very serious girlfriend in high school um, and we broke up going into college and it kind of set me on this like ta emotional tailspin um, and getting into college, I was in this dorm room with three people and I was like, I, I don't like any of this. And Initially, I hadn't wanted to join a fraternity. It just like didn't feel like what I wanted to be doing. And after that, I was like, I knew a couple guys that were in one of the fraternities. And I was like, screw this. I'm just going to go get an immediate friend group and not have to worry about any of this stuff. So I went over there. And um, part of that was awesome in terms of like the leadership. The, the fraternity was um, very good academically. Um, you know, it was a, it, all the, the, the Nordstrom brothers, like the guys who created Nordstrom, um, Al Borland from home improvement, like tool right. time, uh, is an alumni. Um, and so like it, it had a very strong academic undercurrent, but of course, like as the stereotypes, you know, lots of drinking, things like that. Um, so like that, that, that part wasn't great. The leadership part was great. And 
Um, I took on leadership positions in that fraternity. I was the uh, the president of the fraternity um, as a very young person. I was I was a sophomore, you know, leading a house of a hundred plus people, um, you know, and managing significant amounts of risk, uh, which uh, definitely prepared me for the kind of like stress of the startup world. Um, and uh, but I, I jumped around to a ton of different majors. I didn't really understand what I wanted to do. I started as like pre med. Then I jumped to um, international relations. Then I jumped to uh, business. Uh, and then ultimately, they were like, "If you're if you want to do business, you're gonna have to stay here for another year." And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not doing that." So I had enough credits to leave with an economics degree. So I uh, majored in economics, um, and uh, and I, I had a, a a passion for politics coming out of school. And uh, at one of the leadership conference that I, conferences that I had attended, I had met uh, a, a U.S. senator named Richard Luger, who was the senator, one of the most senior senators in the uh, the Senate at the time. And uh, he was an alumni of the fraternity. And he and I chatted. We got a we got a photo. Um, and this is one piece of advice for anybody out there: is always get the photo op. Always, 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 always get the photo op because uh, he uh, had an internship program at the end of uh, my senior year. Typically, they only took juniors and folks who were under undergrads. Um, But I sent the photo. Uh, I kind of described how we'd met and and different things like that. And I got in. Uh, And so I ended up spending... um, three months in DC making zero money. Um, it was an absolute, you know, for anybody who's interested in politics, it was like Disneyland. Like, you know, I had unfettered access to the Capitol building, uh, you know, kind of bumping shoulders with all these people. And, uh, but ultimately what, what I, what I figured out was it was a lot of talking about doing the things that were going to kind of like lead the, the, the country or, or business or whatever in, in the next generation. And I didn't want to be the guy who's talking about doing the things I wanted to be the guy who's doing the things. Um, so, ultimately ended up leaving there and ended up uh, essentially taking the very first job that I was offered uh, in Seattle, which did not turn out very well. <laughs> what was that job in? Was it in politics or policy no, writing? No, I, I left politics behind. Yeah. Um, so when, when, I, when I chose to go to DC, I was actually, it was choosing between an internship, kind of like a, a, a an internship with um, and like a kind of a pre-management internship, I think, with this large logistics and supply chain company um, and DC. And so I said, hey, listen, I love this opportunity to, to the guys who are giving me the, the, the internship. Incredible opportunity. I can't turn this down. Like I can't not go to DC and work there for three months. Like, like you know, it's I'll never get this opportunity again. And the, those people were, you know, and essentially what I asked was, can you keep the opportunity for me? I'll come back. I'll, I'll, I'll sign on the dotted line right now and I'll tell you I'm going to come back. And they said, no, we're not going to hold the position for you. You know, if it's not now, it's never. Um, and I ultimately ended up going back to work for that company uh, in a different department. And so it was I was doing customs brokerage, um, which from the external, it sounded sexy, like the company, you know, massive Fortune 500 company, offices around the world, moving products for some of the largest brands in the world. Uh, and in reality, I was sitting in this like drab office in outside of SeaTac Airport in a cubicle doing data entry every day. <laughs> uh, and that really dragged on me, mm-hmm. really dragged on me. And... Uh, you know, the Seattle weather didn't help. 
it was, it was, it was rainy. It was dark. It was cloudy. Um, and after about a year and a half, two years of that, I tried to do everything I could in order to make the most of, of the opportunity. I tried to study for certifications. I tried to get into the management trainee program three separate times and I was rejected every time. And I, the, the guys were, who were, were great guys. Um, but the guys who were getting into the management trainee program were the bartenders of the, at the bar that the CEO went to. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was tough. You know, I, I was trying to, I was trying to do my best, you know, young person trying to do their best, trying hungry, trying to, trying to make a name for yourself and really not a ton of opportunity. And so I looked around and thought like, well, there's nobody here that I really see myself as, and everyone kind of seems a decent, pretty, pretty miserable. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what do I actually want to do? Um, and I didn't know. And so that's when I started to, uh, I started to do a lot of inner work, a lot of mindset work. It's when mm -hmm. I got introduced to Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Ramit Sethi, um, who else, uh, you know, Dale Carnegie, um, you know, all of those types of like foundational books. I went to the used bookstore and would spend like, you know, 25 to $50 and get like a massive stack, like most of the ones that are still right here. Yeah. And it completely changed my life. Uh, and I started to get into, um, to particularly around Tim Ferriss. I was right around the time that he, he had started his, his podcast and he was talking about startups and investing. And, um, and that was right at the exact time that Uber came to Seattle. And I, I saw that a friend of mine who was probably the most talented individual or like he cut, he was the, I think he was the only guy who went to an Ivy league school out of our high school. He had gone to Brown. He had left Brown and gone to work for Goldman Sachs and likely was like making the most money of anybody that we, that, that, that went to high school with us. Um, and I saw him quit. I remember, I remember the day I saw him quit Goldman Sachs on his LinkedIn profile and went to work for a company that I'd never heard of. And that company was Uber. Um, and I was like, what is this thing? And so I, I, I looked at it, I downloaded the app. I started mm -hmm. using it. I've gone back and looked at my receipts, wow. um, in my email now. Uh, and it changed the way that I got around Seattle. Seattle had a, a very bad public transportation system. You either had to take the bus or, you know, old school cabs. And I'm sure everyone can relate to this in terms of like the pre Uber days. Um, and I remember the day, I remember the very first Uber ride I took, you know, this we're, we're, we're 20, you know, 23, 24 years old going out to the bars or something like that. And this black car sleek thing shows up. It's, you know, guy gets out in a suit and opens the door and we're just like feeling like ballers. Uh, and it costs like roughly the same as the, as the taxi itself. And it was just like a mind explosion. I was just like, what is this? Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the company and, um, and the, the next, from that moment, the next year turned, like started to accelerate dramatically. So from, from the moment that I figured out that I wanted to change, I started to meet with a bunch of people from the company to try and from the, our existing company to figure out what we wanted to do next. We were talking about potential business ideas. Um, I traveled, I left, uh, for like a two week vacation, traveled and backpacked through Guatemala by myself. I don't speak any Spanish. Um, but, uh, you know, did that and that was incredible. Um, and then came back and bought tickets to EDC Vegas, this massive electronic music festival in Vegas and went there with my brother and a couple friends of mine, uh, who were, who were gals from New York, 
um, they were flying into Vegas and we met up. And so it's me and these two girls um, going into the show and we bump into a girl and, or me and three girls and, and we bump into a girl and three guys and uh, they're all from New York. They all start chatting um, and the gal, uh, we, we kind of hit it off. We hung out all weekend. Um, ultimately, we ended up doing long distance for, for six months. And then I moved to New York City after that. Uh, so, so quit my job, moved to New York City. So she's now my wife. I met her at a massive EDM concert in Vegas with hundreds of thousands of people. Um, but that was kind of the catalyst that I needed to say, you know, I, I remember she, she said, you hate your job. There's tons of opportunities here. She just got a big promotion. She's like, come out, live with me and, the, and, and my three roommates. Um, and I guarantee that you'll get a job. And so I said, you know, I've always wanted to live in New York. This is a fantastic opportunity. I think this girl's the one. Um, so let's do it and uh, quit my job in Seattle, had, had three months of runway saved up and flew out to New York City uh, to live with her and her three roommates. And uh, the next three months were fun, but tough, right? Mm -hmm. like, like I was like, I, I, was, I was pounding the pavement in a brand new city. I, I did structure it in a way which was good. I got some really good advice from a, 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 a coach that said, you know, don't, make sure that you do something for you every day. So like exercise and then go out and see the city, do something that you would do as like a tourist. So like I went to the New York public library and got my library card. I, um, you know, went to a, um, a Toastmasters event. I went to the world trade center. I went to all these different things. Right. Um, but you know, I, I wasn't, again, it was similar to my college time. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next. I knew that what I wanted to do was in tech and, and, but I had no background in it. Right. Um, and so I was hitting people up on Twitter, uh, I was hitting people up on LinkedIn, just trying to like do a ton of networking, even if I had no connection to the individual. And that was like the genesis of what I uh, teach now um, around like how you kind of can build these connections out of thin air just by showing interest and engagement and showing somebody that you think what they're doing is really cool. Um, and, you know, uh, three months went by and, and I had a bunch of interviews and nothing really hit um, because I wasn't really passionate about what that thing was. And so it came down to the point where me and my, me and my then girlfriend were talking and I was like, I either go and get a restaurant or a bartending job, or there's this job that this recruiter just hooked me up with where I'd be selling domain names, um, which like, I don't, I don't even know what, what that is, um, nor am I like passionate about it. And, and it sounds pretty boring. Um, but I took the job, I, I, I interviewed for the job and I got the job and I took the job. It was paying me. I think the same or less in New York City than, it, than I was making in Seattle, which nice. like cost of living is, is significantly higher. Um, and while they were running my background check, I had done a bunch of networking. I was essentially like talking to everybody that I could talk to, um, to tell them, hey, this is the type of opportunity I'm looking for. I'm super hungry. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I don't care about the salary. I just want to like work on a cool thing um, with a bunch of cool people. And I one of the gals that I was with in, in Vegas, when I, my wife, she was roommates with the guy from Brown, uh, who had left Goldman Sachs and, uh, joined Uber. And he shot me a text message that said, I wish that I was a screenshot of it said, um, you know, Hey, heard you're looking for work. Um, I need some help handing out marketing cards to taxi drivers at the airports. Uh, I'll pay you 25 bucks an hour if you're down. And I was like, hell yeah, man, like I'll do whatever. So he's like, all right, show up to the office tomorrow. I, I take the train out to Queens um, and, you know, it's this know nothing brick building, tiny little letters on the outside saying Uber. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, this looks 
sketchy <laughs> and walked in and you know there were some taxi drivers in there there were some black car drivers in there talking to the team i got mistaken for it for a taxi driver by uh the gal at the front <laughs> desk which was like uh came to be kind of a rite of passage for anybody who is uh new at the company but uh he hooked me up he, he essentially took like gave me a backpack loaded it up with all of these palm cards and at the time the promotion that they had was you know if you sign up to be a taxi driver we'll give you an iphone because the we weren't able to get the 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 application on the apple app store so we had to manually add it to the phone and then give them a phone uh so it was like kind of an easy sales pitch but mm -hmm. uh you know they shipped us out to the the taxi lines at laguardia and I legitimately just for hours and hours and hours and hours just walked right up and down. Hey, have you heard of Uber? And gave the pitch um, and did that for a couple of days. After a couple of days of that, he he told me, hey, you know, don't go out to the LaGuardia today. We're going to send the other guy out there, but you stay back and help Matt uh, sign up drivers. And so I stayed in the office, got a computer, helped them set up accounts, helped them kind of educate them about what how to use the application lead some trainings um and after a couple of days of that i asked him you know hey is there any full-time jobs here and he was like for sure like shoot me your resume and i'll send it over to the recruiter she shot me a message that day um you know she said her had to fill out like an exercise and things like that but after that her her words verbatim were the team loves you it's clear you can do the job it's a no-brainer to move you on to the next round so i interviewed with the with the general manager which is in itself a funny story um but and then i was in and i was the 250th employee uh at the company and there's a lot of lessons in there that i think mm -hmm. i teach folks in, in in my um program but it was just after that it was an absolute dream it was like I like, you know, it's, 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 it was unlike anything that I can describe just being a part of such an incredible team with an incredible product. Um, and, you know, watching it grow from, you know, when I joined 250 people to over 30,000 people, you know, it's now ubiquitous, you know, you can take an Uber pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, I launched Uber in Jersey, New Jersey, New York, um, Connecticut, e-bikes in New York city, um, was in the room when we pitched Uber eats to the founder um you know just unbelievable stuff so um yeah an awesome awesome ride man a lot of uh full circle points in there like going back to the air you know to the airport like that being your first mission to go to an airport when you worked at an airport in seattle and kind of had that logistics and understanding like probably how drivers looked at you know what they were doing but you're giving them something basically free to maybe enhance their income so it's it's like an it's almost a no-brainer for them to to do it and i think a lot of people don't get opportunities to sell things or deliver value when it's a no-brainer like that it's kind of like you have to upsell them or compete with a bunch of other people um, yeah. but it was a company that was such a first mover in a space that people probably didn't even know they needed um which is incredible but what are some of the lessons that you know came from being in a company so early on because you go through this this phase of like the cult phase of a company which i'm sure that that company was at that time and then you go to like formalizing and then it's like the enterprise phase where it's you know everything's formalized process for everything there's not really much innovation but there's a little bit what'd you kind of learn through that journey that really sticks out to you today um 
So from from a business, I I, I can kind of like split it into like business perspective and yeah. and uh, career perspective. So business perspective, customer service is king. Um, that was a major, major, major differentiator for us in the early days was the fact that, you know, if you take a taxi or even a black car, like, how are you going to interact with the company? And typically either they're not going to get back to you or, you know, or, um, or they are, uh, they're going to take a long time or you're trying to call them or whatever. Um, so like everybody did customer service, every single person in the company, all the marketing managers, all the operations managers, everybody was expected to answer writer and driver emails. Um, and so, you know, we were living and breathing the customer experience at all times. And so we knew very quickly if a new feature was working or not working, what the general sentiment was around a new policy. Um, you know, uh, if there was problem areas in the city in terms of like navigation or whatever. Um, and so th then we were able to very quickly, uh, identify those and either create like policies or communications or anything like that, that allowed, um, the people to the, the, the drivers to be able to do their jobs better um, or for us to ship that over to the product team and allow them to make the necessary updates to alleviate those issues. So that was, that was very key. Um, we also uh, were, everybody was um, interacting with our customers, not just on email, but in person every day. Uh, and so, you know, I would show up at between seven and uh nine typically i try to get there on the early side so that i would try and work for a couple hours but the doors would open the drivers would arrive at nine o'clock and then we would just do different shifts so some people were onboarding new drivers some people were um solving existing driver problems whether that was like payment issues or um or or rating issues um uh and uh some people were doing paperwork some people you know all all sorts of different stuff and so um you knew intimately you know who these guys were you built relationships with them um you knew their struggles you knew the pains you knew their opportunities um and that just made you that much more connected to making a the, the service that much better um so that that's another thing is is just like really tight like being really close to your customer really understanding you know what it is that they want what it is that they care about um and uh there's a couple other things that from my experience going from Uber to a series A startup that I assumed were just commonplace. So when I joined Uber, again, I was the 250th person there. They were about to raise a series C for 300 plus million dollars from Google Ventures. Um, but it still felt very early, right? Like we were still in this like tiny little crappy office in Queens. Um, like I, I think I went out and um, bought my own laptop um, and uh, I didn't have a desk when I first showed up. Um, so, you know, it, it still felt like early days, but there was some key foundational stuff that they had. Um, and one of those things was data reporting. Uh, they had a very robust data reporting system that made it incredibly easy for people, even without, you know, SQL or coding experience in order to pull data and making leading, providing that data access, um, makes it very easy for individuals to make decisions and kind of democratizes de decision making. Not and, and and doesn't just kind of keep it keep the, the the folks who are able to pull data using SQL as the gatekeepers. Um, so that was was a massive thing. Plus, you're constantly looking at these dashboards. So essentially, it's just like you know, um, uh. It, it, it's essentially like, you know, pumping into your mind, like these are the things that are important, right? It's like, 
you know, percent of trips surged, uh, you know, completed to request ratio, you know, percent growth, and you could break it out day over day, week over week, month over month. So like you were able to see what those percentages look like. And people just talked about it all the time. Uh, and so like data led the decision making, which was awesome. There's a ton of experimentation. So there's tons of that kind of stuff. Um, from a career perspective, uh, I think that there, you have to be, it taught me like you have to kind of raise your hand and go after the opportunities that you're interested in. Um, you know, I was really interested. I really wanted to be a launcher. Uh, they, they, there was an awesome position where, um, where, you know, they would send people around the world. Uh, they would send somebody to Germany or Thailand or China or, you know, Portugal or wherever to launch the new service. And, uh, I was tied to New York city because my, my girlfriend was there and, uh, I was like, I really want to be a launcher, but I can't do that thing. Um, and so I, I was talking to my manager and he was like, well, we're looking at launching Jersey, Connecticut, Westchester, Long Island. Um, you know, that if you're interested, like I can, we can consider you for, for those, for, for jumping on that project. Um, then when, when, he, when we did, it was like me and two other guys that would go there every day and launch this, launch this market. So I got that opportunity, um, because I was vocal about what I was interested in. Um, and so I think that that, that's a big thing. One thing that I would say now that I did not take advantage of and the people that um, that I saw who took on different opportunities and were able to like rise up through the ranks did is they were far more connected to other people in the company. So they made it a priority to meet other people in the company, learn from other people in the company, um, you know, build those relationships and um and that led them to you know get more exposure more growth um and uh and so like if i was going to do it again that would definitely be something that that i would try and do um an additional thing is if you are flexible um being as close as possible to the headquarters is a massive uh is a massive game changer because the individuals who are there as they spun up new teams as they look to you know find new leaders and things like that um, those individuals were getting exposure to the executive team and, uh, and, and were able to get a bunch of opportunity. Whereas there's just a little bit less opportunity, um, in like the individual city markets, or at least there was for us. So, um, those are just a, a handful of things. I'm mm -hmm. sure that there's like a ton of others. Um, but yeah, those are some, some learnings. Yeah. Where do you share, you know, these, some of these lessons, um, you know, how do you coach people? I want to dive a little bit into that just so people can reach out to you. And, you know, a lot of people want to get in that role that you were in and that you've put yourself in consciously since then. Um, you know, what would you recommend people do to start? Um, yeah, so I have a newsletter that I uh, I share every Saturday. Um, it's upemployment.beehive.com. So U-P-E-M-P-L-O-Y-M-E-N-T dot beehive.com. That's where I share kind of like longer form stuff, um, kind of things from my journey, tools, tactics, techniques, systems, um, as well as I'm constantly looking at who's raising money in in the uh, in in the ecosystem, and then which companies of those that are raising money um, are hiring. Um, and so I have, uh, I also throw in some, some stuff to hopefully help you, um, understand whether or not your equity is going to be worth something utilizing pitch books, um, machine learning algorithms that kind of give you an understanding of like, is this, what's, what's the exit probability? Um, uh, because I know that when folks are looking at potentially getting into the startups, one of the things that they say is they're like, oh, it's, it's so risky. 
Um, and, uh, and like in a certain sense, yes, but like also the current economic climate's showing us like LinkedIn just laid off 600 people the other day. Um, you know, there's been thousands of layoffs from the, t the big tech companies. Um, so it's like, it's not, it's, it's less a matter of like where you're going in terms of risk. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I include that there. Um, follow me on LinkedIn. I share a bunch of information there. Uh, Kyle Thomas or Kyle Kofelt Thomas on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me there. Um, and the program is called Up Employment. So if you go to my LinkedIn, you can find a link to, um, to uh, the 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 program, um, and yeah, we we it's it's a community based uh, program. I pull in all the resources and tools that I've found useful for um, me, or that I wish that I would have had. So things like access to PitchBook, uh, where you know if you're interested in. Uh, you know, clean tech and you're located in Ohio, we can pull all the companies that are that are clean tech Ohio companies. We can give you that entire list. If you're thinking about, um, you know, and, and then we can also target all the venture capital firms that invest in clean tech that have some sort of presence in Ohio or that that have, you know, big investments in clean tech, things like that. Um, there's also a tool that allowed me that I got access to from a founder friend of mine um, to, to negotiate my $100,000 salary increase because it gave me the exact salary and equity benchmarks for that specific company size stage uh location seniority level and that was massive having that conversation uh confidence going into that conversation um and then we do of course like coaching and you know we walk through the entire process of how i landed those jobs and things like that we meet twice a week we have some incredible executive recruiters one gal who has spent over two decades in executive recruiting uh, brought on C-suite and executives for Fortune 500, big tech and, and startup companies. Another gal who was with me at Uber who helped scale uh, on the recruiting side, the company from uh, 3,000 to 33,000 people. Um, and, you know, these are awesome folks. They're the VPs, they're heads up, they're, they're managers, they're senior managers. Um, they're, they're folks that are ambitious and really don't want to go through that anxiety, uncertainty, and loneliness of the job hunt. They just want to speed towards that awesome job that they, um, that they want next. It's going to accelerate their career. Um, and, uh, you know, we help them, we help them do that. That's huge and, and extremely unique how you use th these data sources like PitchBook. I haven't heard of, you know, companies that help people, you know, achieve that dream job, use those types of tools. So, you know, that's extremely unique. And I think that's just the background you grew up in, you know, gave you access and visibility to those tools that help you make informed decisions. I think a lot of a lot more of us need those types of data sources, like you said, to have confidence going into applying or to negotiating. Um, a lot of times folks don't understand what equity in a company is and they don't know how to kind of think about, um, you know, how to forecast that, how to do it, you know, from an informed mindset. It's just like, oh, I have equity in a company like I'm going to be a, a billionaire or a millionaire, whatever it is. So I, I'd love to have you on in the future to kind of talk about that exact topic, because I think you know, going into the new year, I think a lot of people are, you know, in transition, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, you know, hey, I'm looking to work for a startup, like I want that, not the not the riskiness, necessarily, mm -hmm. but the excitement, the, gr the rapid growth that takes place that we're both familiar with. Um, so I think that's, that's fascinating. Um, definitely recommend anybody listening in, um, check out up employment. Um, how do you recommend folks reach out, obviously they can go to your newsletter. Um, is, do you have an email on your LinkedIn? Do you recommend just direct messaging? You could hit me the... up via direct message on LinkedIn. You can also email me at kyle at upemployment.co, U-P-E-M-P-L-O-Y-M-E-N-T.co. Um, I'll show it, throw it in here. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, either of those places is, is awesome. Um, always super responsive there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like you, you were talking about folks who, who, um, are thinking about getting into startups. Like to me, this is why I'm so passionate about it is it like completely changed my life. Like, right. Like I was applying to like Expedia and was getting rejected. Um, and if I would have gotten a job at Expedia, there's no way that I would have had the financial outcome that I did by, by being an early employee at Uber. Now, like the, the odds of that happening, of course, are like low. And that's like, you know, this kind of crazy unicorn, but, um, that's what I'm trying to do hopefully with this program to, to kind of give folks the tools to uh, identify those types of companies. And the big thing ultimately is, um, you know, if you can get into a startup where you're making great money, um, it, it's like really one of the best places where you can like make make good money, work on really interesting things, um, get more exposure to different uh, different facets of the business, different job types, um, pack all of that experience into a shorter period of time, um, and uh, you really kind of like are able to accelerate your career and you know, if things do work out the way that you you want them to, you can have this kind of lucrative financial outcome, which of course I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, the odds of that are super low. And, and of course, like that, that I think, you know, whatever the stats are, I think shows that, but there's ways that you can kind of mitigate that. And as long as my kind of like um, two cents is that as long as you're getting the skills, experiences, building the network and getting access to the teachers that are going to take you further, faster to that, whatever that thing is that you want in the future, that's all that really matters, right? Because uh, you could you could get you could get in this safe job at LinkedIn and be laid off, and you didn't really get exposure to a lot of the different things that you were kind of like pigeonholed into one specific thing. Whereas you know, if you're you know, I, I worked for a company coming out of Uber for for a year and a half, uh, running their operations, and we went from Series A through Series B. We're about to try and raise our Series C. Um, crazy growth and. Um, and it didn't work out, but I got all those things. I got the skills, experience, network teachers that led me to create my company now. So, uh, you, it, it's kind of the way that you can build this resilience, this anti, anti fragility into your career. If you kind of use that mindset. Um, so, uh, yeah, just my two cents yeah. on startups and things like that. I love that from a value perspective. Like I think a lot of people are short-sighted and the value they get it's that immediate gratification of like oh i make you know six figures or hey i'm doing this but if you don't think about the mid and long-term game which is the the skills the knowledge of teachers you know the places you get to go it's like you know you're not going to achieve that end goal um if you're just thinking about money like money is not going to buy you those skills knowledge and teachers necessarily um so you have to put yourself in those situations and I think put, putting yourself in a startup environment, you learn at a rapid pace, especially if you have great, you know, leaders around you um, that give you opportunities. And most of the time, you know, founders, startup executives are looking for people who are hungry, who want to be in it, and they'll give you opportunities because it makes their company better. It makes their job easier. So I think that's a huge point. Um, Kyle, it's been a pleasure. Definitely want to have you on the show in the future. Um, one of the last questions that we ask every guest on the show is, what is being connected, you know, mean to you in your life today? And, uh, you know, how is, how has that evolved over time? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Um, because it's, I've realized the power of connectivity. It's, it's really, it's really everything. I mean, like, you know, being connected to family is really what's incredibly important. Um, you know, for me. And, and I think, uh, if, if you look at the, if you look at the stats, 
I think that like having connected close community of friends, it like increases your longevity, even if you're like a smoker or like, you know, you have these kind of crazy health things, as long as you're connected um, and you have, you know, people that you see and, and feel connected to, like you're going to live longer, even if you have these kind of crazy things. Um, so that's like one thing on the health side, but um, ultimately in your career, being connected, like I said, it, it is everything. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you want to create a, an anti-fragile career, build a great network of people that know how good of a job that you do. And you'll never have to look for a job again, because you'll be able to go to these individuals that know the great work that you do and love working with you and know how good you are and how, how much of a pleasure you are to work with and how passionate you are about what you do. And they're, if they're hiring, they'll take you with them. If they see opportunities, they'll provide those opportunities to you. Um, so yeah, I think being connected is, 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 uh, is everything. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I think a lot of people get hung up on that. Oh, I don't have this massive network. Well, you don't have to have a massive connected network. You can, you can build one yourself. Uh, and all that it takes is being genuinely interested in who the person is on the other side and what they do and an intent to build a genuine relationship instead of just hoping that they are able to do something for you. So compete on generosity, um, try and deliver value in every conversation and you'll see your network expand dramatically and your opportunities increase exponentially. I love that. Yeah. I probably only had, you know, starting the company about two years ago, I probably only had, you know, I can count, probably count on one hand, how many people I've reached out with gener with that generosity of interest in what I was actually doing as opposed to selling me on something. Um, and all five of those people, you know, one probably became a customer, the other four I probably hired. So it's like, it just shows that it increases your odds at, you know, leaps and bounds when you're playing the mid long-term game and not just saying, you know, hey, I need a job, you know, here's me selling myself. and um, but being interested in them, then they're like, hey, what do you need? Because you created value for them. So I think that's extremely impactful. Um, a lot of people are going to get value from this episode. Look forward to sharing it um, with the wider world and, and definitely reach out to Kyle. Kyle, thanks so much for the time and uh, keep up the great work. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome.